Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff versus the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asayasin and Mike Valenti. All right, welcome in one and all. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Week 12. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Good to see you again and uh, to talk to you again as we get ready for week 12 here. Three in the books already. I got to tell you, uh, I think the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings, both very impressive uh, yesterday. The Bills are holding on by a thread with all the injuries that they've got going on right now. I'm going to address everything you just said, but not before. America demands answers. Don't BS anybody. All right. Who did the suit? Who did the suit yesterday? Electric. You showed everybody up. Come on. I appreciate that. Yes, my man Victor Talbot here in New York is the guy that uh, dresses me each and every week, and I'm I'm glad you're watching now. I, did you used to watch, or are you only watching now because, you know, we have this show together? No, I watch. Come on. I just, come on. You jumped off the screen. Plus, I, I tell you, you ought to hand that business card over to Coach Cower. He was dressed like a Bond villain. I don't know what that was. The <laughs> well, turtleneck, the high turtleneck blazer look. look he, li- he likes the turtlenecks, and and Phil likes to go with the uh, you know the without a tie, and then somebody's got a Woo. class to join up. So that's what me, JB, and Nate do. <laughs> All right, let's hit the rundown. We're going to address everything Boomer had to say and a whole lot more. This this is the NFL rundown. All right, so boom, let's do this. I want to start with the Thursday games, like you said, and then really a storyline of the week uh, that emanated from New York. So let's start with the Bills. I'm just at a point it's clear Josh Allen isn't right. So my question to you is, when or if will he be? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, there's there's uh, no question that his arm is bothering him. But, you know, when he needed to make a throw yesterday, he made the throw and we were talking uh, this morning in New York, I should say Friday morning in New York, about his performance. And, and the the thing that I take away from his performance is that he's not going to lose games. I mean, he's going to go and do everything he possibly can to win a football game. And he's done that now two weeks in a row against the Browns and against, of course, the Lions on Thursday. So uh, he's not 100%. Their team is not 100%. They have a no. ton of injuries. And if this Von Miller uh, injury is worse than it's being reported, and he ends up he's going to end up missing the rest of the season. 
uh, they're they're going to have real problems. So um, I, I think he's a tremendous player, um, Josh Allen. I think he's just going through a slump. You know, uh, batters go through slumps, and I think he can get it right. And the one thing I will say, that throw that he threw to Stephon Diggs was money, and that's what a big-time quarterback does when he doesn't have his best stuff. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny, Boomer, is the average fan looks at it and goes, well, geez, maybe the Bills aren't as good as we thought. It's like, guys, they were down to three defensive ends yesterday. Three. And it wasn't the three they wanted to play. I mean, Epineza didn't play. Rousseau didn't play. You lose Von Miller. I, that's how good they are. See, I take it that you're able to win that game yesterday the way that it had gone. That's not a sign that they're bad. It's a sign that they're that good. But, yeah, I'm with you, Booms. Vaughn is the game. He's a game wrecker. He's the closer. They lose him. It's going to force me to look at them a little different long term. Well, well, it's a long season. And, you know, all these teams are going to go through ups and downs. Some have them earlier in the season. Some write the ship late in the season, kind of like what San Francisco, I think, has done. Uh, you got to get through the injury bug. And right now, that's exactly what the Bills are dealing with. Now, interesting for them is next week they play on Thursday night prime time and uh it's prime video against the New England Patriots and that ought to be you know a knockdown drag drag out fight again they just need to get some healthy bodies back booms the giants is this it are we in real trouble here yeah they are is, in trouble is the spiral about to happen they are in trouble you know and and the coach has done a great job uh, to this point and you know there is no coaching malpractice with him i mean he does the no. right thing he he feels the game uh, you hire a coach because, number one, he's a leader of men. There's no question about that. And number two, you hire him because of his football acumen, his understanding of situational football during the game. And he knew yesterday uh, on, uh, I guess it was the beginning of the third quarter when the Cowboys went down eight minutes and, and change with the ball, that the that the momentum had flipped. So he's got to go for it on fourth and one, and his quarterback can't make an easy play. So now the question that they have to ask themselves is Daniel Jones the guy moving forward? I don't think they have an answer to that yet. And plays like that yesterday, even though I know Daniel is not playing with a full deck out there, uh, he's got to make that throw. He's got to make that play in order to give his team a chance to win. And unfortunately, he was un- unable to do that. Yeah, and and again, injuries have just really mounted. They were down four offensive linemen. You're down four of your top five receivers. I'd argue all five, considering Kenny Galladay's a nothing burger. You're starting to feel it, Booms, and that's... Uh... Look, no team needs the 10 days off more than them. I got to ask you about Zach Wilson. So big week. I'm sure you were all over it in New York. But, I mean, how much damage was done based on the way he handled the postgame? Salah had to do something I don't know that he wanted to do. But take me through it. And what does the future hold here with Zach Wilson and the Jets? Well, I'm not giving up on him just yet. And I think Rob Salah said it right. You know, he needs a reset. He's not even going to dress this week for the game against the Chicago Bears. And what he means by that is got to get him back out on the practice field. He's got to work on his fundamentals. As mundane as that sounds, it is important. He's looked like he's lost his way, especially last week. You know, he had a couple guys that were wide open. He either sailed the ball over their head or he threw it into their feet, much like, you know, if you're a second baseman or a catcher that had the yips. Uh, that's what Zach Wilson looks like. And I think, you know, the fact that it's a home game, it's against the Bears, if they trotted him out there and he got off to a bad start, uh, the Jet fan would be relentless. He's played 21 games. He's had some up moments. He's had some down moments. But really, you got to understand that he needs to realize who he is in the big picture of things and what he says is going to be 
taken apart. And I think that's really one of the reasons why it's been so intense around here against him. A lot of people didn't like what he said after the game against the New England Patriots. I didn't like it. I hated it. And he needs to learn how to become a leader. And I think later on in the week, he started saying things that made a little bit more sense. But uh, ultimately, it's going to come back to performance. And really, the question is, is Mike White the answer for the New York Jets? No. No, I don't short think long term. term. Maybe I mean, short term. Might get you a W, but yeah, long term, no. No, Absolutely I don't think so not. either. And and really, honestly, I think Mike White is the savior for Rob Sala because he could have lost the team had they trotted Zach out there again. I, I just think that Mike White's a very popular guy in the locker room. Uh, most of the guys really enjoyed playing with him last year, and I think that's what they're hoping that they're going to get out of him this year. Just a little bit of a spark because their defense is so much better than it was last year that as long as he's not turning it over, he will give them a chance to win on offense. Uh, I want to ask you about Cliff Kingsbury. I know we've talked about it a couple of times. That whole thing is a dumpster fire, but is this the beginning of the end? I mean, the embarrassing loss, I understand you didn't have Kyler followed by a coach being let go in disgrace, Cliff saying he's not making any changes. You feel like he's he's the next to go? It feels bad, that's for sure. The question is is how much does the Bid, Bidwell family want to pay? You know, uh, he just got a new contract, and so did Steve Kime, their general manager. Everything out of Arizona tells me that, you know, Kyler Murray's running the organization, which is an embarrassment in itself. No quarterback should ever run the organization, no matter who you are. Unless, of course, you are dedicated to your craft and you do it the right way like Tom Brady does. That's a different story. That's not who Kyler Murray is, and and certainly Cliff Kingsbury is letting him get away with it. The one thing I did uh, really enjoy Monday night down in Azteca Stadium in Mexico City was Troy Aikman calling out uh, the defense of the Cardinals, and that is a reflection of the coach. So, uh, you know, that that locker room might have already turned off their coach, and their coach uh, might end up end up losing his job because of that. All right, it's been two weeks, my man, and I, I know you adore this moment, but coaching malpractice is back, and I, I need you to talk me off a ledge because it, it almost upended Thanksgiving. Dan Campbell has made his way back, and he has made history now. This is the first coaching malpractice double dip. Twice in the same game, he didn't learn his lesson. I'll run through it quick. First half, you got the ability to run the clock down to the two-minute warning, your, your, your goal to go. Why is it relevant? It's relevant because you don't want to leave Josh Allen time. He doesn't do it. He doesn't know the rules coming out of an injury that the clock winds and starts. Then they throw an incomplete pass to compound the error, stopping the clock with 204, meaning no matter what you do next, the Bills get to enjoy the two-minute warning. So the Bills end up with roughly an extra 55 seconds, and you guess it, they steal three to end the half. All right, bad enough. Second half now. Closing, you got 35 seconds to go. You're in field goal range. It's third and inches. All you got to do, get the first down, and booms, they were money in third and shorts yesterday. Their offensive line was owning the front. We talked about the Bills not having any healthy D linemen. These guys, these geniuses decide to throw a bomb. Stops the clock. So now the Bills are gifted 23 seconds that shouldn't exist. Wait for it. They come down the field and beat you. Boomer. On one hand, this team goes to the mattresses for this coach. And on the other, he kills them with this stuff. Help me. Help me work through this. All right. So first and foremost, let's give Tony Romo a lot of credit because he was talking about exactly what you're talking about at the end of the first half. 
And, you know, you got to know when the game clock and the down clock are running simultaneously. And, you know, one thing that they were talking about yesterday, at least the Lions were going into the game, is that they have to control the game. They got to control the ball. They can't turn it over and they got to eat up as much clock as they possibly can. I don't know if you saw us at halftime, but I was talking about, you know, mismanagement of the clock. It drives me crazy. You know, I'm sure they have like 10 analytic dweebs on the staff (laughs) in Detroit that you can have piped down into your headset to tell you what to do. And, you know, it's great to be a a leader of men. It's great to, you know, get the guys all fired up and have the fire and brimstone talks. But ultimately, a, a coach has got to manage games the right way. And nobody does it better than Bill Belichick. I've done a ton of his games. And the things that he used to come up with and still comes up with in this day and age to win games just by his decision-making is remarkable. And that's why Dan Campbell loses games because of decisions like he made yesterday. And I'm not so sure that Buffalo wouldn't have used all their timeouts at the end of the game to kind of, you know, condense the, the clock and all that other stuff and stop the clock. But you're, you're exactly right. And it just drove us all crazy on the set watching this unfold and the way that he has mismanaged it. So they obviously need somebody to be in his ear to help him with these situations. For a moment, go inside the locker room. I just do. It's clear he, he is, he is one with this team. They play hard for him, right? They love this guy. Is there a point though, where these decisions bleed over and players begin to go, I like this guy, but he's killing us. Or do players not think that way? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes players don't even know the situations themselves. Um, but you know, that's what you're relying on the coaching staff for to to make the right call, to make uh, the the call timeouts at the right time. You know, it's amazing to me that sometimes I watch uh, players on the field have no awareness of where they are, what's going on. Should I get out of bounds? Shouldn't I get out of bounds? And to give you the and the opposite of that is Steph Diggs catches the ball right down the middle of the field. He goes down, and as soon as he goes down, he gets up and he calls timeout. Now, yep. Josh Allen's probably doing the same thing with the referee and umpire behind him. But you know, the the interesting thing is, is that I'm not so sure that all the players know exactly what the coach is doing and why he's doing it. All I can tell you is that if they hear it enough from people like you and me, they'll start asking questions, and that's when you really wonder about the credibility of the coach to help you win games in tight spots like that. And you know what? Shout out to Steph Diggs, too, Booms, because I know you and I are both rough on wide receivers with the diva routine. His body language was completely positive yesterday. He was pumping his own team up. He's a smart dude. He was hyping up Allen because Allen was ready to have a meltdown. Like, that's an example of, like, a rare moment where a wide receiver was a bit of a team leader. So I I just enjoyed seeing it. Yeah, some would say, oh, that's selfish. He wants the ball. No, 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 no. That's not what he was doing yesterday. And you saw after the game when Tracy Wolfson was – uh, interviewing them, you know, he just said, number 17, that's my guy. That's my guy. I love my quarterback. And, yep. you know, that's what the Jets have got the hope that Garrett Wilson someday is saying about Zach Wilson when they win games like the way the Buffalo Bills won yesterday. That's what you say about your suit guy. That's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy. That's exactly. my dude. That's my, cor- <laughs> that's my habit basher. Um, all right. Concern level for the Eagles. Boomer. What? Um, I mean, look, you could you could say technically – Goddard out, Jordan Davis out. That's why they look the way they do. Or does this go deeper? No, I'm not. I'm not overly concerned about them. Jordan Davis is out. That was a big one. That's why they went and gotten Dominican Sue and they and they brought in Linville Joseph. 
just to shore up uh, that defensive line. You know, you were talking about the Buffalo Bills and all the injuries. You know, depth has always been a key with the Eagles and the uh, and the Bills throughout the early part of this season. You know, they had eight defensive linemen. They were rotating everybody, and that's that's pristine. That's perfect. But as the season goes on, you're going to have these injuries, and and you know, guys are going to get tired. Guys are going to get beat up, and they're not going to play as well as they did maybe three or four weeks ago. That's I think what's going on with Josh Allen. I think the Eagles are going to be fine. I really do. I think. They're going to be a team that is going to be right there battling for the number one um, you know, pole position for the playoffs all year long the rest of the way, and and they're going to be really, really tough to beat in their own building. And I just want to do the last one because I want to shout out something Boomer said, people, and he's nailed this. He introduced the name Lou Anaromo early in the year, and it's something that once you heard Boomer say it, if you watch the Bengals, you're seeing it. It happened in real time last week. Pickett had a really nice first half. Steelers up at the half, and Romo does what he does. You don't score on them in the second half. They hold Pittsburgh to three. Pickett looks lost. Booms, it's something you pointed out. You nailed it. But briefly, I mean, is this really halftime adjustments, or is this dude just a wizard on the on the clipboard here, and they're going on the fly? No, it is halftime. No, it is halftime adjustments, and the first time that we really noticed it was last year's playoff run for the Bengals because their second half – uh, defensive performances against Kansas City and Tennessee were really were really great. Also against the Raiders too in their first playoff game. So I think he's a, an underrated defensive coordinator. A lot of people don't know who he is, but he's certainly a guy who makes those halftime adjustments that do work. We don't need to make any adjustments. We're on fire with the picks, and they're coming at you next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valencia. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. People, listen, I'm not in the business of tooting our horn here, but me, me, me and Booms were just simply exquisite with the picks last week. I go 11-2, and two, Boomer 9-4. and four. We're both, I mean, we're picking every game for God's sakes, <laughs> and we're both just, we are on to Cincinnati. We are on to next week dominating let's hit the picks picks of the week all right booms you're gonna need two hands and a flashlight to find our way through this week broncos laying two and a half at carolina yeah and sam darnold's gonna be the starting quarterback for the carolina panthers the week that the jets yeah the week that the jets bench zach wilson uh the carolina panthers come back with sam darnold low scoring game here guys uh unless of course either one of these quarterbacks start you know turning the football over all over the place. I, I just, man, the Broncos are just horrific. I, I, I had them last week against the uh, the Raiders, and they lose at home to the Raiders. Do I expect them to go on the road here and win in Carolina? No way. I'm, no! Taking, I'm taking the home dog, baby. 
That's right. No, I, they are. The Denver Broncos are unpickable, unbettable, unspeakable. And the rule is this. Nate Hackett can't hurt me if I don't pick him. Carolina. <laughs> Commanders laying four and a half. Hosting the Artie Party, Atlanta. What do you got? You know, there are a couple teams that are surging right now, and one of those teams that is surging is the Commanders. And Tyler Heineke has brought the energy, man. I, I love this kid. I love this story. I love the fact that they're going to get uh, Chase Young back this week. He looks like he's going to play this week. He is activated. Um, I just feel like they have a lot of momentum going their way. So I'm going to go with the Commanders. I'm going to lay the four and a half points. The Artie Party, you know, they they hang tough. They play hard for him. I just think that the Commanders are a little bit better off with uh, Taylor Heineke, and I do like the way that they've been playing with him. Yeah, and I, I love the Washington front. You think they'll be able to at least hang in against this Arthur Smith running scheme, and I'd like to believe Ron Rivera won't go insane mode and kick to Cordell Patterson. I'll take the Commanders. Um, this next one is just football theater. Just kidding. Dolphins minus thirteen against the Texans. Oof. I'm taking. I'm laying. I'm laying the thirteen points, and I'm going to take the, the the Dolphins. I mean, Texans are a mess. Um, I don't care who's playing quarterback for them. Turnovers. You know, and the Dolphins. You know, nobody has a, a a more explosive passing game than they do. Maybe maybe the Eagles. Maybe the the Chiefs are right there with them. Man, but when they get it going, I think the Texans are going to have a hell of a time trying to keep up with them. So I'm going to lay the 13, and I'll take the Dolphins. Yeah, this is the start of the Kyle Allen era. I know everyone's yeah. very excited. But with the Dolphins, this is the most dangerous thing that can happen. You get a quarterback and a coach not only like each other, but they're on the very same page. The workflow is there. Some great mic'd up stuff. But when you pair that with legitimate game-changing weapons – the Dolphins, look, I'm not saying they're going to make some Super Bowl run, but I don't think anybody wants to see them. I don't think anyone's going to want a piece of that as their first playoff game. I will take the Dolphins, too, because as Boomer said, the Texans are just, ugh. Uh, let's, <laughs> Jets minus six now. This is the Mike White factor. Oh boy, The Jets line goes up. As Mike White's the QB, laying six versus the Bears, and Fields is banged up but will play. Boomer. I don't think he's going to play. I don't know. Where no? He, I don't, I don't, if he plays, it'd be shocked. I would be shocked. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to play. I mean, he has got a mild, separated, non-throwing shoulder, and take it from a quarterback who has played with this, with this injury. It took me about two weeks to get over it before I could actually go out and play because I had a hard time throwing even though it was my non-throwing shoulder. And the way that Justin Fields plays, you want him out there on the field against this defense the way that they get after quarterbacks? I mean, they've had six, five, and six sacks in their last three weeks. I would not put him on the field. So I'm not expecting him. So I think it's going to be a Mike White-Trevor Simeon game, and I'm going to take the Bears. And um, I think the Jets are going to win the game. But I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. This is going to be like 17-13. to 13. It's supposed to be raining here in New York. And the only way this game gets out of hand is if turnovers start playing a part in it and defenses start scoring. So right now, the way I look at it, low-scoring, Jets win the game, but the Bears cover. Show me 17-10. I'm actually going to lay the six based on, all right, let's go with him not playing. Fields has essentially been their entire offense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Mike White. We'll go one-week QB upgrade. Little vibe here. We'll go Jets laying the six. Here's my favorite game of the week, Booms. This is a personal test for you. Bucks 
laying three and a half as they travel to Cleveland. Well, you know, so they're coming off of a, a bye, and I think the Bucks are going to be healthier. Um, I don't know what the weather is going to be in Cleveland. I think Tom Brady, you know, can play in any sort of weather. I think he's playing great. I think he comes back for another year. I don't like the Browns. I don't like the Browns' defense at all. And I think their defense is capable here of giving up, you know, a significant amount of points by the Bucks. The question is, can the Browns run the ball down the throat of the Bucks' defense? I think that uh, the Bucks' defense has gotten fixed. I love the Bucks here. I'll lay the three and a half, and I'll take the Bucks on the road at the Browns. Uh, weather is supposed to be low forties. Precipitation, nasty. I mean, it's it's Cleveland in in November, late November. So uh, this is. When this line came out, Boomer, yep, this was the Island of Misfit Toys play of the week. I'm going to go with the Brownies here. I know it makes absolutely no sense. That's every reason I'm doing it. And look, <laughs> I, <laughs> I is, love how you reason these things. It hey, absolutely makes no sense, so therefore I'm taking them. Cowboys favorite over the Vikings. It makes no sense. We ride into the sun together. I, I'm going to take the Browns here because – I don't know. That's why. Browns. <laughs> Ravens laying four and a half as they travel to Jacksonville. Boy, this is an oh boy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, you know are, what, what are the Jags? This, we're in the part of the season where the teams that, you know, are losing and have lost. Now, really, what are they playing for? You know, are they nervous about playing here? You know, the Ravens defense is still solid. Four and a half points, you know. What was that performance last week? I thought, yeah, I know. I I just thought they came out of the bye just kind of like sloppy, um, and they'll get it back on. They'll get it back online this week. I I think hmm, I'm going to take the Ravens and I'm going to lay the points, man. I can't believe oh. I'm taking another favorite. I know, I know, I knew you were going to say this, but I just feel like last week is in the in the rearview mirror. They won an ugly game that they didn't play their best on offense, and this week. They come back, and and Lamar has an awesome game here against a young Jag defense. Yeah, I I got to go with the Jags. Look, I understand they don't know how to win. I know it. But the thing I can't escape is they're in so many of these games. And the four and a half is the new three and a half, right, is a key number mm -hmm. because kickers have lost their mind or coaches, hey, let's go for two, spin the wheel. I'm going to take the four and a half. Rat line of the week. All right. This one, you may as well have 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 a, a child pick this game. Chargers laying three and a half at Arizona. You know, I <laughs> I think that Kyler Murray is going to play. And if he plays and they're at home coming off of that embarrassment loss at the hands, yep. you know, down in, 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 in uh, Mexico at the hands of the 49ers, I think they bounce back here. I think they'll cover the number. I'm going to take the home dog here, um, and I think I'm, I'm going to go with Kyle Murray. I can't say I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think you know this is one of those games where he has a good game, and everybody's back on the Kyle Murray bandwagon again. Here's the other thing, Boomer. We see it every week. The Chargers don't finish games, and as a dog, I love them. As a favorite, they're rat poison. I can't do it. And here I am. I thought I was going to be the idiot for taking Arizona. But now I'm just riding in the motorcycle sidecar with you. There you go. I'm in. I'm taking Arizona <laughs> with the three and a half. All right. I, I like it. I can't believe I'm back in Kyler Murray. All right. Seattle laying four, hosting the Raiders. All right. Yeah, the Raiders. You know, 
they win a game last week, and you think, okay, everything's going to be all turned around. But, you know, the Seahawks, I do believe, need this game and need it in the worst way to stay in the mix for the playoffs. Pete Carroll will figure out a way to win here. And I, I do believe that Geno Smith is going to have a huge game. Watch. He's going to put up big numbers, lots of touchdowns here. I'm going to lay the four, and I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This I, this is my most tepid pick of the week. I, I am with you. And again, am I really ready to take the Raiders in Seattle? Because what? You know, they, they someone blew a coverage against Devontae Adams in overtime. The Bronco. I can't. I'll go Seattle, but ah, boy, oh boy, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. I'll take Seattle though. Um, Niners, Saints. Niners laying nine and a half. I'm telling you, man, the Niners are for real. You know, and I've been telling you this now for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I think most people probably believe that they're going to win the game if you're betting on the money line. And I think that they'll not only win the game here, but they will cover again. Uh, mm. They they had a huge game last week. They are healthy. The, the, the Saints struggle on offense. This is going to be a turnover-prone offense now the rest of the season for the Saints. And with all those turnovers adding up, to me, that means the teams are playing against, especially the really good teams, are going to take advantage of it. So that's why I am laying the 9.5, and, and I am taking the 49ers. All right. I, I mean, obviously, I think the Niners win the game. But I, it's Shanahan as a big favorite. I don't think he's going to turn the trick back-to-back weeks. I'd actually take the points here. That's a huge number in the NFL. And if you need a reminder of it, people, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving turkey uh, as the Giants had the ultimate backdoor cover. I mean, you, you start laying 9, 10 points, Niners could be up by 17 late, and you're sweating with two seconds to go for Richie James to, uh, you know, screw up your turkey. So I'll take the, I'll take the nine and a half. You know, you know what was the amazing thing about this Dallas-New York game is that, you know, Dallas is uh, lining up to kick a field goal to go up 18 points, and they miss it. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no I'm, I'm keenly oh, aware. my God. <laughs> Maher is automatic. Automatic. Just kick an easy field goal. You go up 18, game's yeah. over, done. Yep. Rocking chair, somebody go get the apple streusel. Nope. Oh. Time to sweat. Oh, boy. All right. Who the hell's even playing quarterback for the Rams? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to lay this. I'm going to lay this number two, man. I am. And, you know, the Chiefs automatically get out of bed and score 30 points. And unless, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, which, you know, most likely is not going to happen and better not happen. I just, the Rams, nobody, I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. I don't know what they're doing. And you can say whatever you want about all those draft picks that Les Snead traded away. It's coming back to haunt them right now. I think the Chiefs roll here and they roll big. And look, they got their Super Bowl. So anyone who wants to knock the whole F them draft picks routine, they got the Lombardi. It worked. But the other side of it, mm-hmm. all right, here's the question, because there's nothing to break down with this game. I'm taking the Chiefs too. Boomer, do the Rams have the bleakest future in all of football? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I, I you know... I'm assuming that Sean McVay is coming back. He's, you know, the energy king, and hopefully Matthew Stafford will come back healthy next year. Um, I can see where you feel that way, especially with the lack of draft picks. Um, and they're also in a very difficult division. So really? I, I, I would say that, yes, they, they do have a very, very bleak, immediate future, yes. So, let, let me ask this question with McVay, and then we'll move on. Like, there was a conversation, I don't know how real it was, but, like, 
he may walk away last year. I know he's been on record saying, look, I want to start a family. I want life balance. Booms, if I'm looking into the future, I go, I'm not going to sit here to go 3-14. and 14. I'm going to the house in Malibu. I, I, if I'm him, I'd take a hard look at it because I'm not down to be Lovey Smith 2.0 here coaching a one-win team. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, if you wanted to get into broadcasting, like, most of the big seats are all taken right now, especially when it comes from, you know, to game analysts. So if that's where, you know, he was going to fit, ESPN obviously has got their guys, Prime Video's got their guys, although I could see him going into the Prime Video box without question. He would be What a, about Nickelodeon? Uh, well, he'd be an upgrade over at Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> you know, Kirk is a, a better college announcer than he is a pro announcer. Uh, and, of course, CBS and NBC are all locked up. So if he wanted to come out, the only place that I could see him finding a spot to pay him the money that it would take for him to quit on the Rams would be the prime 30, Thursday night video uh, uh, video uh, game. And I, I I don't know if he wants to do that. I think he'd probably want to run it back at least one more year. All right, Eagles laying seven against the Packers. What do you got? You know, I'm going to take the Packers here. Um, I think the Eagles will win the game. And I know that Aaron Rodgers came out and said and told everybody that he's playing with a broken thumb. Uh, and he is. But I also think the Eagles struggle stopping the run. And the Packers will try to run the ball here, try to shorten the game, and I think they'll keep it close. I could see this being like a 23 kind of, you know, 20 game or 23 17 type of game. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, seven is a huge number in the NFL. Packers are a couple of weeks removed from a big win against Dallas. I don't think they're good, but I'll, I'll take the seven. All right. Those are the picks. we got a lot left to do, including the best of the best in a hell of a good game. It's all coming up next on Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, we are back. We're going to start out. We got a hell of a matchup here, and I'll put personal bias aside. It's time for best of the best. This week's best of the 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 best. Of the best. Ah, uh, this is a good one now. This is just good football. Bengals laying two, traveling to Nashville to take on my Tennessee Titans. And it looks Bones, like what do you got? Yeah, and it looks like uh, Jamar Chase is going to be in the lineup. At least that's what everybody is feeling like, and hopefully that's the case for the Bengals. You know, I got to tell you, I have been really, really impressed with Mike Rabel's Titans. They have been physical. They have been nasty. They probably have the best overall defensive line in football. Ryan Tannehill had the game of the year last year, for him at least. Uh, they threw the ball down the field. And again, you know, he, like Aaron Rodgers, is not thrown to anybody spectacular, but he's getting the job done. However, I do think that Joe Burrow is playing his best football of the year. And I think I'm going to take I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bengals and lay the two points. And I just feel like, you know, they have backed themselves into a corner. They need to win these games. And this is one of those games where, you know, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. The quarterback who has the, the ball last is going to have a chance to win the game. I don't like the Bengals. I love the Bengals. Love. I love the spot. 
I love the way they're playing. I love that Chase is back. I, I love that Joe Burrow, the guy we remember, is starting to cook. And it means I get to play against the tex- the Titans, who I don't like anything about. So this is just very exciting for me. I love the Bengals here. And I think you make a great point is maybe the DNA of this team is they can't have it easy. They can't just cruise. They need to have their back against the wall. They need the pressure. They they just this is who they are. Mm. And I'm going with it. I, I love the Bengals here. But you gotta you gotta admit though that Mike Vrabel's done an unbelievable job with this team. I think he deserves discussion for coach of the year. Huh. I know he won't win it. No, I'm serious, Boomer. It's okay to say a guy should be discussed without saying he's gonna win it. He isn't he's got a team not a lot of people expect a lot from. Your starting quarterback gets hurt. You have a gaggle of injuries. You lose your best pass rusher in like day two of training camp. And yet, they're right here doing what they do. They, they muddy games up. They turn them into a street fight. And they were staying afloat with Malik Willis, who should still yeah. be, I mean, I, I how is he in the NFL? But my point is, Boomer, he's an unbelievable coach. I don't have to like him to respect him. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he is. And and the team reflects who he is and who he was as a player. That's that's the thing. I mean, they're boring, they're dull, but all they do is win. <laughs> that's it? Um, but no, I'm going with the Bengals. All right, so look, I wanted to do this next thing. We're going to put you in the captain chair. I want you. I'm going to put you in these situations, and it's not about what's going to happen. It's about what would happen if you were in charge. Okay. For instance, you're Joe Shane. You see your team's got no bodies at wide receiver. Are you standing pat knowing you're not for real? Or are you going ultra risky and courting Odell Beckham Jr. on a multi-year deal? I'm not doing anything with Odell Beckham Jr. if I am Joe Shane. Um, I think Odell Beckham Jr. belongs in Dallas. I think he wants to be in Dallas and the only reason that he's getting me involved as the Giants is because he wants to ramp up the dollars. So um, I, I don't. He's not going to help my team. We don't have a great passing game anyway, and it's one of the reasons why he wanted to leave in the first place. So I'm going to let him go to Dallas. I'm not going to worry about it because you know what we've done thus far this year. I don't think anybody expected us to do, and I don't necessarily know that I can go much further. And he's not going to have that big of an impact on our team. And we're not going to go deep in the playoffs anyway. What kind of deal you think Odell gets, Boomer? Uh, you know, uh, you know. First of all, the only deal that I would give him would be for the rest of this season, and I would pay him like a prorated, you know, ten million dollar deal or something. So, you know, maybe he's make maybe he makes a half a million dollars a game or something like that. That that's that's the kind of deal that I would give him. I don't necessarily know that I would commit to him long term. I'd have to see him in uniform and I'd have yep. to see him playing. I just still, and you know what? It's PTSD as a Giants fan. I just, I've seen the movie. I can't trust the guy. Right. I don't think all of a sudden he's grown up. I'm not ready to sign him to anything more than you get to play through New Year's. I, I can't, I couldn't do it. Uh, you're Steve Kime. I'm going to assume you have the power. Are you getting rid of Kingsbury? I think I have to. I hate to do this to coaches. And, you know, my friend uh, Frank Reich lost his job. So I know personally how. Uh, debilitating it is to the coach, his family, the people around him, and I hate doing this, but I have to say that watching the Arizona Cardinals over the last two years under Cliff Kingsbury, watching Kyler Murray do his thing and and kind of run the the organization the way he's running it, um, I I have to move on from the coach. I have to. If I'm allowed to fire the coach and pay the coach, 
then I'm sorry. I got I got to let him go and let him go back to college because that's where he belongs. So an example. All right, nondescript. I'm just going to say that you're running a team that is fringy. You're on the upswing. You're not a playoff team. You're in quarterback purgatory. Your owner has gone full David Tepper and demanded, I want a quarterback. What are you giving up for Kyler Murray? Wow. I don't necessarily know that I want that guy. That's the thing. I know, but your owner's saying, go get me a quarterback or you can stay home. I'd much rather have Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Daniel wow. Jones even. Uh, oh, and the re- And the reason I'm saying that is because I don't want to take on his contract. His contract's ridiculous. It's insane. And he doesn't deserve it. And he's not the best player on my team. He's not the leader in the locker room. I, I do worry about whether or not Kyle Murray has the respect of his teammates. I really, wa- I really wonder. I, I think he's an exciting football player, but I just don't know if football is the most important thing in his life where you know, his team is going to respect him. The one thing I will say about Daniel Jones, his teammates do respect him. Yeah, They may think he's limited. They may never say that, but they do respect him. Let me tell you something, and these are both guys that I think are limited, but they're both guys that I think – I'm comfortable staying with now that I wasn't at the start of the year. One is Daniel Jones. I think he needs a real supporting cast. I think what's going on right now, I don't think you can evaluate a lot of it. He has no one to throw to. Um, the other is Jared Goff. Look, I don't think Goff's any good, but I don't think he's terrible. And if you put a supporting cast around him, they should have beat the Bills yesterday. If Dan Campbell had a stopwatch, they would have been all right. So, I, I booms, I, I think it's what fans need to get comfortable with is Everybody wants Josh Allen. Nobody can have him. So do you truly want to spin the wheel again? No, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I mean, it really okay. comes down to you know the cap number, the the amount of money. And if I were Daniel Jones, I, I would not want to go anywhere else. I'd want to stay with this coaching staff and believe in Joe Shane that he will build around me. And by the way, you know, Jared Goff, all he did with the Rams was take them to the Super Bowl. So it's not like this guy's uh, just like an also ran. He can actually play. And I – and one of the reasons why they've won four, uh, three out of the last four is because he's not throwing interceptions. Yes. But both he and Daniel Jones had s- significant spots in their games on Thanksgiving where they missed. And that's the difference between them and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. When the game is on the line and the play needs to be made, those other guys make those plays. Unfortunately, Jared Goff and Daniel Jones don't. All right, you're the Walton Penner ownership group. What are you doing with Nate Hackett and Russell Wilson? And a reminder to the crowd, Boomer, who is now the owner of the Broncos, the Walter Penner group net worth north of $60, billion with a B. Yeah. How are we proceeding? Yeah, I got I to gotta make a change here. And most likely it's going to be the coach because I can't get rid of the quarterback because of the contract that uh, my general manager gave that quarterback. So I got to get rid of the coach most likely because you know, I'm going to lose the fans if I don't. And unless I really truly believe that the coach is going to be able to turn this team around and and the the players are going to buy into what he's selling, you know maybe I would stick with him for one more year. But um, the fan base has already spoken. The fan base spoken week two for God's sake. Uh, and this is a really big job. People don't realize how big the Denver Bronco job truly is for the coach. I mean, it's an enormous job. It's an enormous region of the country that our Bronco fans are passionate fans and their voice has been heard. They don't like the coach. And if they don't like the coach, they ain't buying the tickets. And if they ain't buying the tickets, you can't sell the luxury boxes. So 
You're going to have to do something, and I would not be surprised if something gets done in that regard. But you're going to have to keep the quarterback because of the contract. Boomer, is there any way they could attach picks and get someone to take Wilson? I I don't see it. I I don't see it. You know, Russell Wilson has a office in the building. They're paying people who work with Russell Wilson to be in the building. I mean, like, there's a lot of weird stuff that comes along with him. And I don't. I would not want any part of it. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. But they're going to have to get a coach in there that can really stamp down on Russell Wilson and hold them accountable. And if they can't find that coach, then they're going to have problems for the next five years. All right, you're Steve Bashotti, Ravens. Once again, you're in the running. You're in the running for a one seed. You're in the running for it all. Lamar's contract still an unknown. How are you proceeding? I'm not giving him a $250 million all-guaranteed contract. I'm, I'm not. I can't. I mean, he's a good player. Um, at times, he's a great player. But I also think that he's a limited player. And the reason I say that is because their passing game is one of the worst in football. Uh, you know, if you're a tight end, it's great. Um, you know, the way that Lamar plays also scares me about longevity and long-term viability. So I got I to gotta find a compromise. I'd like to keep him as my my team leader in the face of my franchise for about five years, but I just cannot give him the contract that he's looking for. And that's the Sean Watson contract. He wants to break that contract. And Bashadi said when Deshaun Watson signed that contract, this is going to create problems for the rest of us in the league. And he knew it because he knew that Lamar was going to look at that contract and say, I'm a better player than Deshaun. I want that contract or more. And if I'm Bashadi, I cannot give it to him. What if you just franchised him? It's all guaranteed, anyways, right? Yeah, you can you can do that, but he's not going to be happy, you know. And that's hey. and that's a problem that you know when these athletes are unhappy, then all of a sudden they create problems in the locker room. And the last thing you want is an unhappy quarterback. You know, they did it with Dak, they did it with you know obviously uh, Kirk Cousins, and they probably should do it here. I just don't necessarily know that he would be happy, and I don't think his teammates would be happy because I think his teammates see him differently than we do. Um, they love the way he is. They love the way he plays. They they believe in him. They respect him. Um, but we know what this league is all about. And to play the game the way that he plays it and to last the next five years under a guaranteed contract is unrealistic. You can fully guarantee the first three years. And then beyond it, it's like, no, we've got we've to make this palatable for both sides. I don't care what Cleveland did. I mean, if he ever came to me and I'm running the team, Lamar, we love you. We want to hand you a couple hundred million dollars. But don't worry about what they're doing over there. They can't they can't fight their way out of a paper bag. We give you a chance to win every year. That's the part that drives me nuts. So an idiot acts like an idiot and then now I got to negotiate against an idiot. That would drive me insane if I were Bashadi. Yeah, I it, and it, and it is driving him insane. You know, it's interesting. Coach Cower told me a story about Jerome Bettis and how he took pay cuts and he would go to Jerome and say, "Look, I'd like to pay you, but we can't. You know, this is this is the number we have for you. You got to take into account who you're playing for, where you're playing, and whether or not you want to win or you just want to make money. And Jerome took the pay cuts because he recognized that he was in the right place. Now, I don't know if Lamar will do that, but I just know that it's going to be impossible to pay him the contract that he wants all guaranteed. All right, let's get Boomer's final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. Big story for me, Mike, has to be the story about Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. The number two overall pick is not even getting dressed this week against the Chicago Bears. And I think Robert Sala made the right decision. He's trying to win the football game, trying to save their season. 
I agree with everything that he has said this year, I mean this week, about this situation. This is not the end of Zach Wilson. I know that you're not a big fan of Zach and that he has a lot of growing up to do, and I think that starts this week as they try to reset his career uh, with the New York Jets. People, we'll do it all over again. Boomer, I'll see you next week live and in person. Away we go. That is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with with Boomer and Valenti.